welcome to the Words and Pictures podcast. I'm DJ Bowman-Smith and this is Words and Pictures podcast number 47. This week my lovely guest is Lorraine Mace and Lorraine and I were both used to write for um, Writing Magazine um, back in the day, well a few years back and we do a little bit of freelance writing for magazines now and uh, we talk a lot about um, uh, the difference, the problems that we have, you know, being a children's author as well as writing for adults as well and trying to kind of get everything fitted in. I mean, like everybody, we're all trying to get everything fitted in. Anyway, stick around for the interview section and hear us discuss all things writing. OK, so at my desk this week, well, at my desk this week, I've been doing all sorts of little jobs. I've been carrying on with the little chapter heading illustrations that I want to have in my Midwich book. Um, which is my work in progress. Uh, I want them all to be individual and, you know, pertaining to each chapter. So it's, it's yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a pleasure to do it, but, it, you know, obviously it's a bit more work. But, but anyway, I've got a few pasted in. I've put them into the, um, I use vellum for formatting. And it's actually quite simple to drop the illustrations into vellum and, you know, size them up and get them looking how you want. And I've, I've kind of put a few in there just to have a look to make sure I'm kind of on the right track. And apart from one, which is kind of, for some reason, I seem to have drawn it on one side of the page. Well, on the digital page. And it's kind of hanging hanging on to the left there on the, on, you know, when it's actually in the book, on the formatting of the book, it's kind of hanging, hanging on one side, which is kind of pretty funny. But it's easy enough. I mean, that's one of the reasons I did it. I've done these drawings, you know, in Photoshop, because, you know, when you do make a mistake, and, and it can be something really silly, if I'd done that on paper, I'd pretty much would have had to redraw it you know and center it on the page whereas it's very easy to take that illustration and recenter it on the digital page and you know stick it back in into the formatting software so anyway so yeah but actually they're looking quite nice and having done a few I think I've done about six or seven now I I feel it's I feel it's a job worth doing I think they look quite nice so that's good so that's that um, what else? Uh, well, I've been fiddling around looking into, uh, trying to think what the word, yeah, I had to stop it to have a think. I, the, the word is book funnel. Um, I use book funnel to deliver my reader magnet, uh, and, and I need to upgrade it in order to now deliver my copies to my ARC readers. So I've got a, a little collection of ARC readers now. I'm, I'm going to give it another couple of weeks before I, you know, kind of shut that list and begin to, you know, send the copies out. And, I, and I've been very remiss because I haven't actually contacted any of these nice people. I've just, you know, thanked them for joining the list and, you know, stuck them on the list for the ARC reader. So anyway, there's plenty of time. If you want to join up and, you know, come onto the ARC reader list for The Midwitch, then, you know, please do. Love to have you. Uh, and if you want to find um, a sample of The Midwitch, you know, and blurb and all that kind of thing, you'll find the links I, I am on my website. OK, so what else have we been doing? Well... Well, the TikTok shop fiasco still goes on. And uh, yes, I've put in lots of tickets, you know, lots of things. You know, they keep coming back to me, but they kind of keep giving you this generic response about the TikTok shop. You know, have you looked here and filled it? Well, obviously I have looked onto where it says blah de blah and click this, but nothing clicks. It's all kind of stuck. And some bright spark last week told me that the answer was to clear all my cash pages on my computer which I duly did which made absolutely no difference to the TikTok shop website 
but it has made a huge difference to me because I've had to put in every single password of all the millions and millions of things that I'm on and all the things that I do. So I'm feeling pretty, pretty irritated to have to put in everything from, you know, find the password for your KDP account and, you know, your Twitter account and your Instagram account and the Facebook account and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, so I'm feeling pretty irritated about the whole thing. Um, I ended up writing them a little bit of a, a bit of a letter about why can't this be working out? Um, the only thing I think that might fix it, uh, which I can't find anybody saying this, is to actually shut the whole thing down and just start again, which would be a world of pain. But I can't really see that this is working on any level, really. But anyway, I'll see if they get back to me. Um, well, I'm away next week, but by the time you've heard this, um, I would have been here and back again. But um Hopefully, you know, something will come come up by the end of next week and we can get something sorted. Anyway, because it's annoying. You see all these other authors on there with their, oh, buy my book and here's my link. And I think, well, I'd like to be doing that. And, you know, here is my link, but it doesn't work. Anyway, <laughs> if you'd like to buy a book off me off TikTok shop, do go ahead and see if the link works. If it does, email me, let me know. Anyway, happy days. So that's me still feeling frustrated with that. Uh, and I've been trying to kind of get a bit of a... I don't know, a bit of a grip on the whole marketing thing. I've started a, a new notebook, which I don't know whether that helps, a new notebook, a red one, and I've named it the Marketing Notebook, and I've kind of written down, you know, ideas about, you know, things I might do on TikTok and bits of information that you might, you know, come across on social media because you quite often, there's always a load of people on there giving advice. Some of it's a bit spurious. They set them up, they set themselves up. You know, those people that go, you know, oh, I'm a marketing guru and this, these are the TikToks you should be posting now and blah, 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 you know, and follow my course. And then when you actually look into their account, they've actually got, you know, three followers. And uh, you know, I think, mate, you've got to be bigger than me before I'm, and I think I'm fairly average, you know, before I'm actually going to take you seriously. So um, don't, don't pitch me with your um, media marketing stuff unless you're actually you know, got got some clout behind it because it's it's all a bit of a joke otherwise. Anyway, so that's that. So about anyway, that aside, the marketing medium the media marketing red notebook, um, you know, it is a good place to kind of put things because actually some things are quite helpful and usually it's other authors that come up and say, you know, I tried this and this worked and I did this and I did that. And if you kind of see that across, you know, whatever social media platform you might be on, it's quite useful to have somewhere to just put it because then when you're kind of making a few drafts and fiddling about making a few new assets or something, you can kind of think, oh, actually, I did I did hear something about that and I wrote it down and you can go and find it. So so that's that on, on the media thing. Um, yeah, well, I mean, it, I think the thing is with the media, it's an ongoing thing. You never learn it. It's it's just, uh, you know, something that you're constantly trying to um, improve on and um, make work um, or, you know, you're, you're constant and it moves all the time. The, the social media platforms constantly change, as do, you know, paid ads. If you do Facebook ads or Amazon ads, which I have done in the past, you know, it's it's a constant moving thing. So, you know, you just have to try and try and keep on top of it. Um, whilst, you know, keeping a level head and knowing that you never really will get completely on top of it. Anyway, enough of me prattling on. Come and meet Lorraine Mice. She's a really nice lady and um, we had a lovely chat. This week on the Words and Pictures podcast, I'm very excited to invite uh, Lorraine Mace to be my guest. Now, among other things, and I don't think I've got everything that Lorraine does, Lorraine writes uh, thrillers, she writes children's books, she does some magazine work, 
and uh, she does a bit of author mentoring, and that's just not even half of it. So welcome to the podcast, Lorraine. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, it's lo- lovely to have you. Now, it's funny because we share something similar um, that we've both written for Writers Magazine. Yes, you have the back page. You had the back page forever, so I kind of feel because my husband said, "Who are you interviewing this afternoon?" And I said, "I kind of feel like I know you because <laughs> I read that page for years." You know, so yeah, happy days. I did, yeah, I did that for nearly nearly twelve years. Yeah, yeah, the, that back page, and um, I brought it to an end because I ran out of things to say. You know, it, it's uh, it's it, as you know, it was um, a humour. Um, column about being a writer yeah and I think over that 12 year period I covered just about every aspect you got all the you got all the jokes out of it there's no more (laughs) (laughs) although I have to say since then a few things have happened that I've thought oh I wish I still had my column because I would have written about them yeah, but then I think you can write it down and you can always pitch them and, and go back yeah. into um because the editor's changed, hasn't it? It's um can't think of her name now off the top of my head. It's um I don't know who it is now. I know it was Jonathan. Jonathan, sure. yeah, jo- Jonathan's yeah. gone. Jonathan's gone and it's whoever it is. Anyway, mm. and she seems quite nice. Yeah, because I just freelance a little bit and do the odd thing. And uh, I did a whole thing on indie author stuff, blah, 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 like you do. But I know what you mean. Sometimes I find when you look at some of these magazines, sometimes they, you kind of feel that everybody said it, or is it because we've been doing this too long? <laughs> well, possibly. It's, it, but that's why I wanted to bring it to an end for me, rather than wait for Jonathan to say, you know, Lorraine, we're getting a bit samey here. You know, you've covered these things before. So when I felt I'd, I'd reached the end of my natural talking about being a writer, yeah, it was time to call it a day. Yeah, no. Well, I always enjoyed them. I, I, I loved. Thank I loved, you. And I was sad when you went. Although the new ladies was very nice as well. Um. So, where you say you've you've kind of cut down on some of this stuff that you did, I, it's I've actually got it written down here. Um, you know, and you're sort of saying that you'd like some more time to write. Is that working out? You're actually finding more time to write. You're just making more cakes now. <laughs> it's always it's always something to do isn't it make cakes. <laughs> I like eating them too much so I'm trying not to uh, make cakes no I am actually I do now have more time to write which is great um the only thing is having more time to write I've, I've now got even more ideas yeah so I am believe it or not I am currently um outlining a new series um, was working on the outline for book three this morning. Um, I've halfway through another psychological thriller for Headline. I'm writing children's books. I've got three quarters of a new series of a children's book written. And while I was away in South Africa on holiday, I got a great idea for yet another psychological thriller. So although I've got more time, I don't have enough. No, there's never enough, there's never enough time because no. people say to you, "Where do you get your ideas? Where do you get your ideas from?" The ideas are never the problem. I I no. give you ten, I can no. give you ten, ten ideas before breakfast, and I'm not even awake before twelve o'clock. You know, it's exactly. it's getting it all done. It's it's deciding which thing you're going to carry all the way through. I think. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Do you find? Well, it's good to hear that you're writing some more children's stuff because um, I also write for children, and I find that's the one thing that I kind of never quite 
give it enough time to do. You know, I, it's always a thing I mark it less. I, I, I've tried to make a New Year's resolution this year to do more with it, but it kind of just hangs there, you know, and, I, and it just gets left in the yeah. future. Yeah, and you're, I, you are absolutely right. I, I do quite a lot of um, talking on Twitter and Facebook and other places about my D.I. Sterling series and also the new psychological thriller that is just came out a week ago. Um, my children's books that I absolutely love, I forget about. Mm. I think they, you know, I, I never give them a mention. And when somebody says to me, oh, and you also write children's books, I, I sometimes think, well, how do you know? Because mm. I never do anything with them. And yet the, the people who have read them really enjoy them. But I don't, I don't push them. I don't promote yeah, them I, at all. Yeah, I'm the same. I, I remember reading your column, oh, I don't know when it was, ages and ages ago, and you were saying about, uh, you know, your, that you originally you had two different pen names for yourself as a thriller writer and a, and a writer for adults and a, and a different one and you put it all under one name hoping that this was going to help I've got my <laughs> stuff under under two names uh, which I find helps oddly because I kind of get myself into the other the other mindset of going right I'm children's author now I'm going to do something with this but mm, I think it's very hard to juggle the two the two parts I think, of yourself I think had I done it the other way around had I actually written the children's books under a pen name and the crime under my own name, it would be easier for me to, if you like, put the other hat on and say, okay, I'm now, I'm now, um, I don't know, Suzanne Bloggs, the children's writer. Yeah. But instead I put the children's books under my own name and then found I really struggled to get the pen name known for the, for the crime books. Mm. But now everything is under my own name. I'm afraid the children's books have just sort of got lost by the wayside, yeah. which yeah. thank you for reminding me. I need to actually <laughs> do something about that because they're, they're good books, you know. Yeah. Although I've, I wrote them, obviously I would think that. But, you know, there's lots of dark humour in them and the kids seem to love them, as yeah. do the parents. Yeah. So. I, I, well, I think we, you'll have to come back on just as a children's author. We'll just okay. put our children's hats on. That. Talk about kids stuff, yeah. Anyway, back to the thriller stuff. Having said that, now we're going to go back to the other thing. So you've just bought your newest book out. The latest book is called The Guest, and it's a standalone psychological thriller, I understand. And I really like the cover, Lorraine, with the door, the blue door. and the Isn't it brilliant? It's really, really good. Yeah, and, and I know you're traditionally published, so you probably, you know, did they just come up with that cover for you? Did you yes. have an idea yourself what you wanted? No, I didn't have any. I can't take any credit for that at all. I have no input whatsoever. Um, and when my editor said, look, this is what we are thinking of doing, I was totally blown away. I just thought it is brilliant. Yeah. Also, um, I didn't come up with the title because I can write the books. What I can't do is actually title the books. That's a funny one. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> just, you only need so, a couple of words, Lorraine. What's the matter with you? You've written 90,000. <laughs> You know, it's a bit like I find it, I find it easier lines. to write the ninety thousand than to actually come up with a with a title that encapsulates encapsulates the book. Yeah. And um, fortunately, my editor is really very good, and she knows that when it comes to titles, I am useless. I can't even say I'm not very good. I'm worse than that. I am absolutely useless. So 
she said uh, for this one, oh, leave it with me and, you know, work the, the team and I will work something out. And then when she said it was going to be called The Guest, I thought, why didn't I think of that? Because mm. it is so simple and it is exactly what the book is all about. It's mm. about an unwanted guest and what happens when that unwanted guest actually moves into her into their main character's uh, spare bedroom. Mm. You know, yeah. it's simple. Yeah, and I think it's quite an interesting premise because I think we've all had, you know, sometimes you have visitors, don't you, and they come and you think, oh, it's lovely. And then after a couple of days, no matter who it is, I mm-hmm. really want them to leave. Now, I'm not very sociable, oddly. Here <laughs> I am doing, here am I doing a podcast, you know, but, but you know, in you know, meet me in real life. I'm great for a couple of hours, and after that, I really don't want to play anymore. You, know? you last a couple of hours. Oh, you are better than me. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, this is I'm only not- 40 minutes. We'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm normally looking for the door after about 10 minutes. Yeah, I'm yeah. And when you when you're on top of each other in the house, I can see how mm. everybody can relate to that, even if we haven't had a weird thriller experience in our lives and you know let's hope most people haven't um but yeah everybody can relate I can imagine thinking of the unwanted guest you know yes uh, do you want to tell us any more about it or is um yeah I can I can tell you a little bit um the, the guest in question comes back into Linda the, the main character's life um 14 years after they, they were at school together. And Linda badly let down Sarah at that time. So she has, and she's always felt guilty about it. So when Sarah comes back into her life, it's quite easy for her to manipulate Linda into opening the door and saying, come in, don't worry, I'll take care of you. Um, and it is manipulation. And it's one of the things that I wanted to cover was how easy it is for one person to manipulate another if they understand that there is that little bit of guilt about what's happened in the past. Mm. So there's some of that going on. Um, I can't really tell you anything more because there are lots of twists and turns in the story. Oh, yeah, we don't, want to, we don't want to give it away because I don't want to read it. <laughs> Yeah, but fascinating stuff. And I think this is how often um, women get manipulated because we're always a bit guilty about something. You know, I, it's it's quite often the the thing, isn't it? Women mm-hmm. carry a lot of guilt. We're always wishing we could do better. Perhaps it's perhaps it's our age group and our culture. I don't think my daughters are quite so hung up. My daughter is far more able to say no. Yeah, my uh, yeah. than even even me at the the age that I am now. I, I still struggle to say no if somebody asks me to do something. Yeah. Even if I really don't want to do it. Even yeah. if I've got excellent reasons and, and can, you know, could say supposedly with a clear conscience, no, I still feel guilty. Yeah. And I'm and I am likely to actually fall into the trap of, of doing it. Yeah. You yeah. Know? I think I think and it's very true. I think, I think the older generation, and I don't mean like ancient but let's say women, women like us of an uncertain age Lorraine. Yes. Should, we, should we just we, leave we it at that <laughs> we want to talk about um, <laughs> we were actually raised to say yes yes and to be nice and to please yeah, everybody to be nice and to help people and 
to just keep saying yes. Can you go and pick that up for me? Yes. In actual fact, no, I don't have the time. It's miles out of my way. Um, I've got lots of other things that I should be doing, but I say yes. You know, that's the way I think we were raised. Well, it certainly was the way I, I was raised. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it's not just our, our parents, but I think it's the wider culture. And I think mm. nowadays, you know, like you say, our own daughters are much more, uh, my, my kids, when I look at my, well, they're not kids, they're grown up women in their own right now. But, I, you know, even when they were like 10 years ago, when they were a bit younger, you, you, I thought you are so much more together than I was at your age. Yes. You know, even, even although I travelled, I'd been divorced, I, I'd done lots of stuff, but I look at them and I think, yes, they're much more. And I think that's not just... Well, I'd like to think it was, you know, nice parenting, but also it's the wider culture of women being much more, um, much more assertive, but not in a negative way and having more of their own, um, more self-belief, I think, about everything yeah. from body, yeah. body consciousness on to, you know, mental cap- capabilities. Yeah, fascinating. Well, it's funny you say that about the body consciousness, because I was looking through some sorting photos the other day. and. I found some photos of me when I was, oh, let's say, early 30s. And my first thought was, oh, my God, I was actually pretty. But if you'd asked me when I was in my early 30s, I would have just pointed out to you all of the flaws. Yeah. But I looked at these photos and I thought, what on earth was wrong with me that mm-hmm. I couldn't look in a mirror and see what I'm seeing now? Yeah. Yeah, it's anyway, it's incredible, and also amazing. the fat the fat thing as well. You look at people, you, you know. I look back at pictures of myself, and I think I remember feeling fat then, and I was yes. not. I was as thin exactly. as grey. Yeah, because the exactly. body thing was everybody had to be terribly thin in the seventies, wasn't it? Yeah. That thing. Anyway, <laughs> happy days. So, um, I was so you you so this is a standalone. This book, um, yes. So, do you prefer to write a standalone, or are you a bit of a series writer? I'm a bit of a I can always think how the characters went on. I find it very hard to write one book in anything. Well, it's funny you should say that, which because that's why I'm coming up with <laughs> with a new series. Yeah, um, which I'm happy to sort of tell you a bit about if, if you're interested. But yeah, always interested. Yeah, it it, it is a standalone, um, but I do find it easier to to write a series because I get really into the characters. And like as you say, I like to see where they're going next. I've got this standalone that's obviously just been published. I have another one coming out and another in my head, but I haven't actually properly outlined yet. But I think the next thing I'm going to really concentrate on will be another series, because I like developing the characters. Yeah. And I think in my head, um, I don't, I've never really written short stories apart from the children's book, which is a shorter form, um, because in my head, I, I can tell you a very long story. Mm. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I write epic fantasy, so it like, goes right, on okay. across generations and generations. So there's just loads and loads of it. But, yeah, I, I find it very hard to um, just see one thing happening to one you know, one group of characters, it kind of, you know, it just gets bigger and bigger. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. So I bet you're a bit of a planner then, because if you've got all that stuff going on. Okay, what I am, I would say, is an organic planner, in that I will have the basic idea, um, and quite quite a lot of the detail. And I think I've got it all covered. 
I can even do chapter by chapter outlines and I've got the whole book covered. Then I start writing and other characters turn up yeah. and they start doing things, but they, they actually turn up in my head fully formed at exactly the right time, which makes me think I've obviously got more going on in my head than I've written down. And when the, do you find that when you're, when yeah. you're writing new yeah. characters I, just I, I, quite, I quite often find that I'm, I'm, I know I must get on and do some writing and I've got some time earmarked and the, for, you know, that everybody, the house is empty. I've sorted out the whippet who's sitting behind me. Everything's fine. And I can't, and I have to think, well, I have nothing in my head. I don't know what I'm going to write. I know, you know, I've got my chapter basic stuff, but I don't, you know, I, I plan, but it's not to the, I don't plan it chapter by chapter. It's not really close planning, but it's a loose thing that I've got. And I'll sit down at the computer and I'll put the, put the computer on and then I'm off yeah but I don't know where it comes from it's like it's already it's like it's waiting to come it and is it's only when I, I sit here that I'm I'm in it you know yeah when I say I do um chapter by chapter outlines that chapter may be just one sentence just to remind me that something has to happen yeah I'm a story a beat. Particular, yeah, yeah yeah that's what I do just a yeah. particular thing has to happen in that chapter well, by the time I get to that chapter, there will be a whole load of new characters that are are, are now sort of on their way. They're, they're part of the story. They're, they're doing their own thing. So that one sentence then grows into a fully-fledged chapter, including all of these other things that I had no idea were going to be there. Yeah. That sounds yeah. stupid, I know, but I think it's all in my head. Yeah. Like, I think our, say, you, yeah, I think our subconscious works on it all mm. the time and it just comes out when we're good and ready. Ah, yes, it's 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 exciting stuff. It is. I love <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. And, and I'm always amazed the stuff that I come up with, you know, like people say, well, I can't believe you came up with that. And I think, well, me neither. I don't know where it came from either. <laughs> it just, it <laughs> well, just I, does. And we're such I, nice I, ladies and we write quite dark stuff. Exactly. I was just going to say to you, I yeah. I um, was asked by the local arts association this week to do a um, a masterclass in writing the thriller. And the um, I live in Spain, so it was in it was uh, in both languages. Now, obviously, my Spanish is okay, but it's not good enough to uh, hold a masterclass in. And the lady who was um, uh, translated to being my interpreter. She's read my books. And the very first thing she said, she introduced me and she said, and look at this sweet lady. You would never believe that she writes the most horrific things in her books. And she, she looked across at Chris and she said, how do you sleep at night? And he said, with one eye open. Did he? Is that your husband, Chris? Yeah. That, <laughs> one yeah. eye open. Because... Yeah. Um, no, I don't look, and neither do you, I have to say, look like someone who would write dark stuff. But no. we don't have to look like serial killers to write about dark stuff. Yeah. No, it's it's just it's just the dark you've tapped into your dark, the dark side mm. of your imagination. Yeah. Well, it is, it's fascinating. And and I've never I've never set out to write dark things. You know, no, and I, I must admit, when I first started I just thought I was writing sort of a love story a bit of a medieval fantasy and before you know it 
you know, it all got a bit grim dark and it has remained so ever, <laughs> has remained so ever since. So, you know, happy days. But uh yeah. I always so I always tell people, as long as I'm writing, you have nothing to worry nothing about. Nothing to worry about. Because yeah. all that dark is going onto the page. Yeah. If I stop writing, run. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. We're, we're we're keeping it, we're keeping it all together, apparently. <laughs> Yeah. Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps that's a psychological thriller. The the writer that wasn't allowed to write anymore, and what happened next? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a Stephen King book, doesn't it? Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, so I'm. So you're just talking about your. You were doing a masterclass, and I see that you do do author mentoring, um, which is which is great. Um, people ask me stuff all the time. I'm very good at um, the nitty gritty of you know indie author publishing, but that the other because of my dyslexia giving me some of your pages to read is really not going to help. So I, I I don't do that. But what would you say, Lorraine, is um, what's your most repeated bit of advice that you have to give authors? Oh, gosh. Or is it many things? <laughs> it's, it's, it's so many things because it, it really depends on, on whether they've written before or they are literally a brand new beginner writer who's never written anything. Yeah. You know, it's different advice yeah. for different people at different times in, in their in their writing. Yeah. Um, what I like working on more than anything are structural edits for yeah. writers because I know from my own work, when somebody else reads it, they can read it and think, well, actually it would be better if that bit there came first and that yeah. bit there came like later. And I think you you need you need um, that outs those outside eyes to actually look at the structure of a book and know how it would flow best. Where you know um, advice, right? That is my advice. Whether <laughs> whether you're a seriously whether you're a beginner writer or you're you're midstream or really experienced, just write. Yeah, because. Yeah. I can't remember who it was, but um, a, a very well-known author whose name totally escapes me was asked, do you only write when um, inspiration takes you? And he said, yes, it's the only time I write. So I make sure that at nine o'clock every morning, I'm inspired. Yes. And I, <laughs> yeah. and I like that because... It's true. You, if you sit and wait for inspiration to strike, you're never going to write. Yeah. You're never going to yeah. write anything. Yeah. I never feel inspired to write. No. I just know I've got something to write. I've got to get the words out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's I think that's very true. Um, I, I, people say that to me. They say, "Oh, yes, I'd I'd like to write a book." And you know, as soon as I feel like it, I'm going to do it. And I think, well. You're never going to do mm-hmm. it because no. that's that's not what it's about. You have to just get on with it because it's and like any it, yeah. like any big task. You have to go through the process of producing rubbish, and it doesn't matter whether it's art because I do my own illustration and things, and my own artwork as well. And you know, you I'm going to draw a lot of rubbish sketches and put them away before I actually come out with something that I think this mm-hmm. is going to be a book cover or this is going to be an illustration of my children's books. And uh, you have to just go through the process of. Yeah deciding what you don't want and only by creating can you find that out and and the thing is you're not going to write brilliant prose immediately you've got to get that first draft down yeah and then you can turn it into something 
worthwhile. But you can't, you can't sort of think, okay, if, if the first few chapters are not absolutely perfect, then I cannot continue. No, write rubbish first chapters. Write a, an entire book of rubbish. But at least then you've got something to edit, you've got something to work on, and you can polish it until it shines. But you've got yeah. to just sit down and write. Yeah, exactly. Um, so where you've written uh, quite a few books with sort of psychological stuff and then you've got, you know, you've got your police procedural, you know, detective things. Um, do you have some sort of background in psychology or policing or anything like that? Or do you just no. research it or do you just make it all up like I do for medieval <laughs> fantasy? <laughs> OK, um, a lot of it, obviously, I make up. Um, but when I need to know how something would happen or why something would happen, mm. then, yeah, I, I research. Do, and, do you um, find yourself watching the telly and saying things like, oh, no, it takes much longer to strangle somebody than that? You know, my <laughs> husband goes. <laughs> I'm not that dark. <laughs> Actually, I, I, do sometimes, I do sometimes think, ah, oh, no, no, that's not going to work. Yeah. For whatever reason. I because I live in, in Spain, a lot of my research is, is done on the internet. And there I find I actually get lots of good ideas because I'll start off researching one thing. And as you know, the, the internet is full of rabbit holes. Down the holes. rabbit, down the rabbit hole. And I'll go, I'll start off looking at um for we example, might bump into each other one day. <laughs> we probably will. I'll start <laughs> off looking at people trafficking. Yeah. And then the next thing I know, I'm I'm sort of on poisons and you know, all sorts of different things. And I and I'm get get ideas from starting off researching one thing and ending up, you know, on a completely different topic. Yeah. But yes, research. Uh, I have no background. I do have uh, police friends who read the books and tell me whether or not I've got it right. Obviously, the early books, um, I, in fact, I was talking to my uh, police friend a couple of days ago. Um, the first D.I. Sterling book was written many years ago at a time when female police officers were WPC. Mm-hmm. So that's how I referred to them in, in the book. I have asked the publisher, please, will they take out the W? No, it's, you know, it's, it's, that book's done and dusted, it's gone. Mm. One of the latest reviews that I've had for that book was actually having a go at me for not knowing that female police officers are no longer WPC. Mm. And that, that's annoying. Yeah. um, Because I know it. I, I was also, for, oh, no, maybe I shouldn't tell you. Actually, I can. The book that's just been published, I referred to somebody committing suicide, mm. not knowing that that is now a totally unacceptable term. Oh. And, oh you see, you didn't know, did you? No, did you? no, no, not okay. at all. Well, no. I got a, um, a review on, I can't remember if it was on NetGalley or Goodreads now, um, saying that um, I should, the, and the author should know that it's derogatory to refer to somebody committing suicide. I had no idea. Mm. I researched everything. How am I supposed to know I should have researched that? Mm. 
you know it's it's it can be a yeah. bit frustrating sometimes yes yeah. I, I think you can't always get every single thing right you know um you know we're, we're only human after all and there's going to be you know in in any published work there's going to be there's going to be a couple of typos there's going to be a couple of things that people aren't going to agree with you know it it just is it just is what it is and and i think as long as you've endeavored to make it as best you know yeah. you try to put out the best thing that you can then there you go yeah but also i was thinking my editor read it mm. more than once the copy editor read it more than yep. once the proofreader reader read it nobody actually said to me Lorraine you can't use that term no no what's the term that one would use then um anything other than committed or committing because that is apparently um saying that they've broken the law they have committed an act ah yeah so you know they've committed an act of murder they've committed theft Committing suicide, saying the words committing suicide, is seen as derogatory to the person who has taken their own life. Yeah. Lorraine, what are you working on now? Um, Well, I'm halfway through my next psychological thriller, uh, which is about a woman who has been subject to uh, spousal abuse from a very young age. And she finally makes a bid for freedom and runs away, not knowing that um, her husband has a tracker on her phone. He's actually installed a tracker app on her phone. And she uh, goes to a place that she feels is a place of safety, only to discover that there's more danger waiting for her there, plus the ex-husband who is um, out to find her and drag her home. Mm, That's what the next one's about. That sounds sounds terrifying and fascinating at the same time. (laughs) Um, So in in your stories, do you find, although bad things obviously happen because we all need bad things to happen for the story to unfold, so do you you generally have darker endings, lighter endings, a bit of a mix? It's a bit of a mix. Um, my characters... You're not giving anything away, are you? So we've got to read them to find out. That's... <laughs> no, my characters generally uh, win through at the end, but not necessarily in the way that they would want to or the reader would want them to. Yeah. Um, if you think about it, I write dark books. We're never, ever going to have a happy ever, ever after, let's walk into the sunset ending. Yeah, but they are satisfying. Yes, um, generally yeah. my bad my bad people get dealt with. Let's put it that way. Yes, yes. Well, that's good. I like I like the sound of that, <laughs> and I yeah. think it's good. I think it's good that it's not. I know some people like to read sort of romancy things that that everything is always going to be all right in the end, and and I know they set off liking the knowledge that that is what's going to happen at the end of the book. Um, for myself, I rather think will it or won't it otherwise if I think it's a foregone conclusion I'm not that interested in you know going through the process of reading the book to find out I never want to know how a book ends no you know there are people who actually read the last chapter first yes how awful now to me they they are mad that's not allowed that's not allowed (laughs) for me that and and if somebody tells me the end of a book I cannot read the book no 
I cannot. Yeah. I, I I don't want to know how a book will end. Yeah, and I find it very hard to like a lot of people if they've watched a a series on television or something, and then they go and then they go and read the books. Well. I'm really not interested in that either because I know what's going to happen and I spend the whole time comparing one mm. between one between the other so it is quite annoying. Anyway, fascinating stuff to talk all day, couldn't we? <laughs> anyway, um where can people find you online, Lorraine? What's your website? Okay, my website is lorrainemace.com. I'm on Twitter as at @lomace, L O M A C E, Facebook Lorraine Mace uh, hyphen author. I'm also on Instagram, I think as Low Mace. I'm not sure. Lorraine Mace, thank you for joining me on the Words and Pictures podcast. It's been great talking to you, as I knew it would be. Thank you. I've thoroughly enjoyed it, and I really appreciate you asking me. Oh, it's been a pleasure. So lovely to talk to Lorraine Mace. And I think I said in the podcast that, you know, it was nice to talk to her because I kind of felt like I know her a little bit. I mean, of course I don't. I just read her column in Writing Magazine for, you know, for the longest time. And so it was it was really nice to actually come face to face and have a chat with her. And, and what a nice woman. And also it's nice to have people that are getting published tradi- traditionally as well as, you know, independent publishers and, you know, all the other things in between the hybrids as well. Yeah, fascinating stuff. Okay, so that was Lorraine Mace. So next week, my guest is Joshua Neal. And Joshua is a teacher and he writes um, dystopian novels for young adults. So uh, come along and have a listen to him next week talking about all his stuff. And his upcoming novel, The Boy of Dust and Ash, which I believe is on pre-order now. So, you know, stick around, have a look for Joshua Neal. You'll find him on social media. Um, Yeah, so that's that then. So uh, as usual, you can find um, anything that we've mentioned in the podcast on the show notes. If the show notes don't come up on the app um, that you're listening to, or you might be listening to Alexa or, or something like that, you can find all the show notes at my website, which is www.djbowmansmith.com. You can also find me as a, uh, a children's author at tigermolly.com. So this has been the Words and Pictures podcast. I'm DJ Bowman Smith. Until next time. Bye bye.